Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Matthew. Hey, faithful listeners, you've tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, and I am your host, Jen, here. And thank you so much for joining me this morning to discuss the Bible. So you guys ready to just jump right in? I certainly am. We are going to be discussing some hard stuff today in Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 through 26. So let's just go ahead and grab those Bibles and let's start reading. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, So you say. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how many things they testify against you? He gave him no answer, not even one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release the multitude, one prisoner whom they desired. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. When therefore they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. But the governor answered them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, What then shall I do to the Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said to him, Let him be crucified. But the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out exceedingly, saying, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that nothing was being gained, but rather that a disturbance was starting, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous person. You see to it. All the people answered, May his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but Jesus he flogged and delivered to be crucified. I mentioned on Tuesday that because of this uh, account that Matthew gave of basically Pontius Pilate and Jesus, that a lot of people think nowadays that Pilate was actually a very, uh, you know, kind of wimpy guy. But that wasn't actually the case at all. Pilate was notoriously uh, cruel. And so the fact that these chief priests and these elders were bringing Jesus before Pilate, he was the Roman prefect of that region. The elders thought that they could take Jesus to Pontius Pilate, and basically Pontius Pilate would just crucify Jesus without even hearing the report, because uh, history shows that that was actually how Pilate was. He was very unfeeling towards people, and a lot of times he, he would just crucify people without even hearing things. Like, he'd just be like, all right, take them away, whatever. The fact that they were bringing Jesus before Pontius Pilate was something to be said. You know, the the chief priests really thought that Pontius Pilate would just crucify Jesus without even a trial. So now it says here in verse 11 that Jesus was standing before the governor. And you remember at this point that Jesus had been beaten and he was bruised and he was probably very bloody and he was just dirty and all sorts of different things. 
the the elders and the chief priests had already like laid their fists on Jesus. So Jesus could have had bruises all over him. He could have had a black eye. He could have had all these different things happening. And uh, basically, he's standing before Pilate. And so Pilate asks Jesus, probably very jokingly, if you if you looked at the history of who Pilate was, he was probably looking at Jesus, maybe laughing, like, are you king of the Jews? Like not a serious kind of thing, but hearing everything that these elders and stuff were saying to Pilate about Jesus and basically almost jokingly saying to Jesus, oh, you're king of the Jews. But Jesus graciously answers Pilate after Pilate is likely insulting him. And Jesus says, so you say. And that's all Jesus says. And Pilate sits there and listens to him. And he was probably like kind of floored and stunned that Jesus graciously answered him in this way after being insulted by both him and the chief priests. So Pilate is sitting there and he sees that all of a sudden, you know, these chief priests are just accusing Jesus of all these different things. And Pilate's probably sitting there, sitting there very arrogantly listening to everything that uh, the chief priests are saying. And he is basically like stunned at what Jesus is doing. Jesus is just standing there and saying nothing. You know, Pilate's probably heard a million trials at this point, and the people being accused are probably always standing up for themselves and always being like, no, I didn't do that. And, you know, trying to stick up for themselves so that they don't get crucified and stuff like that. But yet Jesus is just sitting there calmly. And this is the first time, I'm certain this is the first time that Pilate ever saw anything like this in his entire life. So he is stunned because he's hearing all these accusations that the chief priests are bringing against Jesus. You know, Jesus being a militant uh, revolutionary and stuff like that. And so he's hearing these things and seeing Jesus's actions that Jesus is just standing there saying nothing. And Pilate says to Jesus, don't you hear how many things they testify against you? And so he's asking Jesus, like, why aren't you saying anything? Like, you hear all these things that they're saying about you. Why aren't you saying anything? But Jesus says nothing to Pilate. So much that Pilate marvels is what the Bible says. So he's just like stunned out of his mind that Jesus is just standing there saying nothing. Like, he's absolutely awestruck by this. And I kind of had a revelation as I was reading this earlier while I was, um, you know, researching this passage and everything. And Somebody that was so arrogant and cruel as Pontius Pilate was humbled in front of Jesus. And he wasn't even trying to humble himself. You know, Pilate was not that kind of person, but he was humbled in front of Jesus. And that is what Jesus does. You know, Jesus is so powerful and so uh, majestic that he just humbles people. And, you know, Jesus was probably bloodied and had a black eye and, and bruises all over him and all sorts of different things. And yet, that sight of Jesus, as bloody as he was, humbled Pontius Pilate, a very arrogant man and a very cruel man. Pilate's kind of just like stunned silent at this point. He doesn't know what to do. He does not know what to do. And so we see, I, I think it was Luke that had mentioned that Jesus got sent to Herod because Pontius Pilate wasn't sure what decision to make. So he sends him over to uh, Herod and tries to get Herod to make the decision for him, basically. But then Jesus gets sent right back. So Jesus was kind of moving all over the place at this point and, and just all sorts of crazy things. Basically, what happens here is that in verse 15, Jesus is still in front of Pontius Pilate and there was a custom 
that Pilate would do during the Passover every single year. And it was probably something to appease the Jews and stuff like that, because during the Passover, you know, uh, it was a time meant to be cleansing from sins. So Pilate probably did this custom to appease the Jews, and he would release a prisoner that was meant to be um, to be hanged or crucified or something like that. <laughs> I kind of think of it as, um, as on Thanksgiving Day, the president will release a turkey. <laughs> And I know that's not the same thing, but when I when I hear this story in the Bible about how Pontius Pilate would release a prisoner to the people and stuff like that, it reminds me of uh, the president pardoning the turkey every year on Thanksgiving <laughs> because that turkey is not going to be eaten on Thanksgiving Day. So Pontius Pilate was kind of doing the same thing where he pardons a uh, a criminal. And so he was trying to get Jesus to be pardoned. And that's why he decided to do it at this exact moment. So he goes out to the crowds. You know, there's probably a bunch of crowds surrounding wherever Pilate lived or wherever, whatever courthouse this was. And there's probably a huge crowd there because, you know, Jesus was a very famous person. Jesus was extremely famous at this time period. So people were probably like, what's happening? So there's this crowd gathered outside. So Pontius Pilate goes out with Jesus and everything like that. And there was another very notorious criminal at that time named Barabbas. And something that kind of struck me when I was reading through this is that the name Barabbas, if you look at it and break it up a little bit, Bar actually means son of in, in Hebrew and Abba means father. So Barabbas's name was son of father, son of the father. And yet the people here are choosing Barabbas, the fake son of the father over Jesus, the real son of the father. Isn't that interesting? And so it's there's so many layers to the Bible. It's just so fascinating when you really like dig into some of this stuff. It's just so interesting how many layers there are to the Bible. And so isn't that what humanity does? We choose something that's that's fake all the time over something that's real. And this is just showing this, you know, Barabbas, the fake son of the father. The people chose that over Jesus. And yet now the people are crying out for Pontius Pilate to release Barabbas. And Pilate is basically like, why? What did Jesus do? Why aren't you guys choosing Jesus, basically? And so the people are starting to riot because the elders, the chief priests are in the crowd instigating a riot, pretty much. And this this is why we need to be very, very careful of false preachers, because false preachers can do so much damage to communities. We see this right here. These false preachers, these Pharisees are in the crowd and are hyping up the people. The crowds were listening to them because they were respected individuals. And so they're like, oh, Jesus is is the one that we want to be crucified. So the, the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and whoever was there was just instigating this riot. And so Pilate is getting kind of concerned because this riot is starting up. And so at this point, he gives in to what the people want. But actually, I mentioned, I forgot to mention something here. It says that while he was sitting there looking at the crowds and stuff like that, sitting on the judgment seat, it says that his wife sent to him in verse 19, saying, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I've suffered many things today in a dream because of him. So this was probably the morning at some point, mid morning, and his wife had woken up. She finds out that Pilate is in the middle of uh, condemning Jesus. 
And she sends for him in the middle of all of that because she had dreams, prophetic dreams, possibly about Jesus. And she suffered extreme emotional things because of these dreams she was having about Jesus. She knew about Jesus. And so she sends to her husband and is like, don't have anything to do with that guy. Now, we don't I don't know how good of a relationship Pontius Pilate and his wife had, but this doesn't really sway Pontius Pilate that much. I mean, he probably took it to heart maybe a little bit, but it didn't really sway him. The thing that swayed him was the people. He didn't want a riot on his hands. And uh, history actually shows that Pontius Pilate did have riots before. So it's very likely that he really did not want another one. So that was why he decides to give in to the people and allow Jesus to be crucified. But before he does this in front of all the people, he takes a basin of water and he claims, I'm innocent of this man's blood. And he washes his hands to show that he is innocent of this man's blood. He says at this point, you know, you guys can crucify Jesus. I have nothing to do with it. And (laughs) so many people have claimed at this point that, you know, Pontius Pilate, because he did this, actually was innocent. No, no, he was not innocent. You can claim you're innocent all you want. You can claim it, but it doesn't mean you are innocent. (laughs) Pontius Pilate was not innocent of any of this. He was the ruler at this point. He had the power of life and death in his hands. No, he was not innocent. He absolutely sent Jesus to his, his death. And so even though he was claiming he was innocent, that doesn't mean he was. He was not innocent. The Romans were not innocent. Nobody in this case was innocent. And, you know, we we can't just say this was all on the Jewish people because it absolutely was not. The Romans beat Jesus, too. The Romans were just as cruel to Jesus. We we can see in other gospels that they were beating Jesus right along with the uh, Jewish people. And Pontius Pilate, he can claim he's innocent all all he wants, but he did send Jesus to his death. So nobody at this point was innocent. Nobody was. Jesus got sent to his death and both the Gentiles and the Jewish people were responsible. That means that all of us were responsible for Jesus's death. And so Jesus ends up going to the cross, but Barabbas ends up being set free. And we don't know what happened with Barabbas. We have no clue. This is the only mention of Barabbas in the in the Bible, really, is just this account. And uh, there might be another account later on with Barabbas as well. But think about it this way, even with Barabbas. Jesus went to the cross for Barabbas. You know, that cross might have been meant for Barabbas. And yet Jesus went in Barabbas's place. And when you think about it that way, like... Jesus went to the cross for all of us. You know, Barabbas got caught in his sin, but Jesus was taking the, all the collected sins of the world on his shoulders, and he went to the cross for all of us. And so it's just, it's very, um, I don't know. I get teary when I read this kind of stuff. And uh, actually, this particular chapter, I think, is going to be one of the hardest for me to talk about. I almost feel unqualified to talk about this kind of stuff. So I've been praying about talking about this and, um, you know, really presenting it in the best way that I possibly can, because, you know, this is Jesus's death we're talking about, and this should be taken just so, so seriously. And so I'm having a little bit of trouble. So pray for me as we go through these next chapters, for sure, as we talk more about uh, Jesus's death and resurrection. But friends, join me on Tuesday, and we are going to discuss more about this chapter, Matthew 27, on Tuesday. 
and that will be at 6 a.m. And also join me tomorrow to discuss more about Exodus as well. But friends and faithful listeners, if you haven't taken a look at the Alive Coloring devotionals that um, I illustrated and authored, please go ahead and take a look at that. I will drop a link to those in the bio of this podcast episode. And basically, the Alive Coloring devotionals are a, a mommy and me set, or I should actually say a parent and child set. In a sense, it's almost like a, a devotional for a family. You know, the parent has the adult devotional that goes hand in hand with the children's one and the adult is meant to teach the the children all about this part of the Bible. And so the Alive Coloring Devotionals followed Jesus until his death and resurrection. And so it's a great thing to do with your kids if you want to spend more time with them and do some uh, fun activities with them. There's activities in there, there's coloring pages, and there's workbooks and questions and all sorts of different things. So I will drop a link to those in the bio of this podcast episode so you can take a look at them. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.